What is going on you guys and welcome back to another video. I hope you guys can see me fine here. I'm actually filming this video out of Taipei, Taiwan. So we're just going to be doing a little overview here on my computer, uh, just sharing a couple screens, going through a bit of my research uh, on Google, actually sharing with you a couple of new insights that I've come across as part of my uh, due diligence. As you guys know, Google is actually my second largest position in my portfolio. So I have a lot of hope uh, optimistic with this position going forward clearly of being my second largest and i actually want to share a couple of fascinating things on the youtube side that i've come across i can hopefully provide some good insights being a youtuber myself like kind of in the trenches uh, sharing my perspective on this segment of of google's business if you guys enjoyed today's video give it a thumbs up let me know your thoughts down below overview on google is this downturn i think shares are off about 30 percent 30 32 percent trading at 101 dollars. this is obviously post split I've actually been using this resource a little bit more and more, uh, Simply Wall Street, which I'm pretty pleased with. And I think I do have the paid plan. I believe they actually set me up with it, the folks over at Simply Wall Street, but you actually can still get a lot of good info uh, in terms of what we look at here, um, just on the free plan. And this is not like a sponsored video, I'm just sharing with you guys kind of some of the things I'd go over, but based on their analysis, what they're saying here for Google, um, checking off all the boxes on the value score, six out of six and financial health. These are things that we already know, a very, very financially healthy company. And in my opinion, a very strong uh, value play right now. In fact, I'll actually just skip to that. Let's start with kind of the, uh, let's go valuation here. Let's start with like top level stuff. Why is this stock even uh, on my radar? Why are we talking about today? I think Google is looking undervalued. I think it's looking cheap right now. Basically across all of their major metrics, whether it's price to earnings versus peers versus industries, <clears throat> below their fair value, they are taken off the boxes. Right around here, they have a price target on Google. Uh, right about here is where we're looking. Uh, so they have a fair value on Google at about $223, again, post-split. Today, with the shares trading at $100, they are essentially pricing in uh, about a 54% discount or a 54% undervalued share price today. If we do look over at another source such as Morningstar, very similar story. Google is significantly undervalued at a 40% <coughs> discount. Excuse me. So you can't ever put too much you know, too much um, weight on these, but it is good to know where, I guess these professional analysts stand. The financial health details here, I find to be quite uh, easy to look at. If you're not really into looking through the balance sheets, like going through the investor presentations or uh, even like a Yahoo Finance, for example, this to me does a really good job of just basically displaying it. So here, assets versus liabilities, obviously short-term current assets versus long-term assets. Absolutely nothing to worry about here. The only thing that they don't have ticked off on their little schedule, thing here, their little scale is the reducing debt, but that is not a, a, an issue to me whatsoever. This is the basically debt to equity history and analysis, just climbing, 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 very little debt. And I always find this is a nice little chart to look at here. I mean, companies of this caliber like Google, I, the, the financial health is not really a, of concern to me. It's more about the future, right? What is happening with, with Google? And they have had a couple of actual poor quarters, not poor quarters, excuse me, but if you do go to their financials, I believe they've missed on the past two quarters. And again, they do have a um, upcoming report in just a couple of days. And in all honesty, I wouldn't be surprised if we miss again, given the environment that we've been living in and a lot of companies pulling back on their ad spend. Basically ad spend is about 80% of Google's revenue. If you were to break it down, this is just a, a, a an ad buying business, right? I have a thing here to keep me on, on track and on, on time, but Google is in the business of, of advertising and market, marketing dollars. And from a top level perspective, yeah, we may have a few slow quarters, possibly even longer. The economy continues kind of trending downwards. 
But at the end of the day, I think about what are some of the most attractive businesses out there? Like where would you want to be if you were a company out there? I think at the top of the list still remains media buying. It still remains these advertising companies, whether that's you know a Facebook, whether that is a Google. Google obviously commends the most traffic over the internet with their actual Google search and Google um, YouTube, excuse me. I believe I have a thing around here somewhere. Yeah, here, just to kind of take a look at some of these up-to-date numbers. Again, we are looking back at the last quarter's results here, but it just boggles my mind to look at these numbers. If we look down to basically their revenue numbers between Google search, which is clearly their biggest driver of revenue, but as well YouTube ads and their Google network, this company generated $56 billion in the quarter, simply in advertising dollars. And that is just mind boggling to think about in a single quarter, $56 billion with a B. Like it truly does blow my mind to think about that in three months. That's how much money this company is generating in ads. That's how developed this business is. And again, clearly we see here Google search still remaining the the the, the big part of the, the pie. But I wanted to actually dive into, you know, the YouTube ads. I saw this video actually from another YouTuber, um, one of the big popular uh, like video YouTubers, Think Media is their name. And basically he talked about some leaked footage that came out about Google's future plans or YouTube's future plans. I'm curious to see in the next couple of days whether they acknowledge this or give us some more details on their earnings presentations. But uh, basically these leaked slide decks came out about YouTube's plans for podcasting. And I'll see if I can full screen this or maybe I'll just put it up on the screen so you can see better. But basically here are some mock-ups of potentially how YouTube podcast is going to look. So the same way you go on Google, I mean YouTube, excuse me, and watch all your videos, they're looking to invest very heavily into a podcast network. It states here that they may be getting even a dedicated homepage, so youtube.com slash podcast. They've hired a executive specifically for this. They've already been offering some of the big podcasters out there, such as NPR, essentially signing them and partnering with YouTube podcast to bring over 20 of their most popular shows and really get that base going, I guess, kind of similarly to what we saw with Spotify and Joe Rogan, of course. And that was kind of a big signing on their part. While YouTube is looking to do a very similar thing, they're going to be offering podcasts and networks money, uh, an opportunity to make revenue and to really monetize their podcast. And it just seems to be like they're, they're really making a big push for this. And why I think this is important, first and foremost, is, you know, one of the things that I've been noticing a lot with Google, and we've seen this in the numbers over the past two earnings reports, Google's YouTube numbers have been coming up short of expectations. And the question then becomes, and the obvious question becomes as well, is it because of TikTok, right? Is it because of TikTok? Is it because uh, traffic is kind of going off of YouTube, off of Google and going to other sources? And I can say this from looking at my channel, like looking at my insights, the answer is absolutely yes. Like there's no if, ands, or buts. If I'm looking at the YouTube space right now and, and as part of my job, it's like I do monitor this stuff. Not only are our numbers down or anybody in the finance related field, a lot, a lot, a lot of YouTube traffic is just gone, you know, is, is slowing down. And is that the economy? Is that people maybe getting back to work? Is that all this stuff? It's probably a combination of both, but it definitely is TikTok. Now, a question then becomes, is the growth of TikTok going to be detrimental to YouTube? And is it essentially going to like kill the platform, if you will? Like that's literally what, what people are saying. And I thought long and hard about this and I've done a lot of um, research. You know, this is my my career on the line and my future on the line as well to know where we wanna be and what, what platforms are gonna be the, the superior platforms. I'm becoming more and more optimistic that YouTube is going to re remain 
the main hub for media in all forms going forward. And a big part of this is Mr. Beast. I've been watching a lot of Mr. Beast um, podcasts and whatnot. And Mr. Beast, for those that you don't know, is like literally probably the most popular YouTuber. I think he literally is the biggest YouTuber out uh, on YouTube. And he has all these connects and insights with what's going on with YouTube. Like literally, he probably talks to the people the people in charge because he's that big. And he was sharing a lot of insights on his um, podcast episode as to why he thinks YouTube is going to continue being the uh, dominant platform. And for example, he didn't mention podcasts, but when I see these leaks of podcasts coming out, what does this indicate? What this indicates to me is Google, again, to look back here, they see that $40 billion is generated from their YouTube search and that's going to continue to dominate until someone else comes along the way, but I don't see that being the case anytime soon. But this YouTube ads number, there is a big opportunity for this to grow and for this in and of itself, for YouTube to expand and to gain more traffic and to be a significant driver of uh, returns for this company or revenue, excuse me, for the business. And podcasts being one of those, investing money up front right now to build all that infrastructure. I think that everyone talks about short form and how short form is gonna be you know, the way of the future. I do agree with that, but I also do believe that it like kind of, it makes you really miss and enjoy and appreciate the long form content too. It's almost like you're gonna have the short form content that you're just consuming, 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 but people will stick around and they're kind of, there's gonna be this like, there's gonna be like this missing void for long form content. And I personally listen to a lot of podcasts. Like I will listen to a two, three, four hour podcast. I really, really will. And I think um, YouTube has not been a prime place for those podcasts to live. But with the uh, investment in this part of the platform, they're clearly making a push for that. Now, YouTube Shorts, the short form content, this is really where I think is quite valuable. TikTok, as we know, has been exploding in popularity with the short form content, and it's been basically leaving YouTube Shorts in the dust. But I don't think that's gonna be the case for long because one of the big announcements that came out, I think a few weeks back, was that YouTube is now going to be allowing creators to monetize themselves the same way that we make AdSense making long form videos, but even on Shorts, creators can then get a piece of that pie, about 50% of the revenue that's generated or maybe 45%, however that breakup works, but essentially giving creators the opportunity to make money off of even short form content, to monetize off of that. It's called their partner program. And what's very fascinating is that Mr. Beast was posed the question, is TikTok gonna kill YouTube? He actually thinks it's gonna be the other way around. And this subtle move by Google announcing that they're gonna be doing this, actually becomes such a draw to all of the creators out there. So all of these TikTokers who have millions and millions, in some case, billions of views that they garner over on TikTok and who really aren't making much money. So even like the Charlie D'Amelio's, whatever they are, they're making a lot of money from like, you know, brand deals and everything. They're like making a lot, a lot of money. But in terms of actually earning advertising dollars from their videos, TikTok pays nothing. Like they basically pay out pennies on the dollar. They do have what's called a creator fund, but it's a set amount of money that they give to basically just the top dogs. But what Mr. Beast is saying is that over the next, let's say six months, as YouTube rolls out this shorts uh, improvement or this shorts, um, what do you call it? Uh, yeah, an improvement. And really they're changing everything from the layout, the UI, it's gonna look so much better. But he strongly believes that these creators who have, let's say a million followers over on TikTok, what's to stop them from just transferring that audience over, making those exact same videos on YouTube shorts and actually earning money, right? If they can if they can get like, let's say 10 million views here and 10 million views here, one of, them, one of them's gonna pay them a bunch of money, one of them's not. He strongly believes that that is actually going to get, get a lot of the audience and a lot of the traffic back onto YouTube shorts 
as this develops and as this gets rolled out. And it is literally in the process of that. I believe you mentioned a timeline of about six months. And a question then got posed to him saying, well, why doesn't TikTok just pay their creators? Like TikTok obviously doesn't want to lose their um, audience and their command over the space. Why doesn't TikTok just uh, pay them? And his simple answer was actually quite eye-opening. He literally said they can't, as in TikTok doesn't have the money. They, they don't have the dollars to pay the creators what Google or YouTube could do. This is a chart here of uh, TikTok's advertising revenue worldwide. So basically this chart is mainly projections or estimates. But if we look in like 2021, for example, which is our last year of data, TikTok as a new app generated $4 billion of uh, advertising dollars on the platform. And yes, you can buy ads on TikTok now as I'm sure everybody has seen, but $4 billion in 2021 versus Google's $209 billion. So TikTok, let's assume they even said, well, you know what? Let's do something similar to what Google's doing and let's give the creators half of the advertising revenue, right? Let's give them half of the dollars to in incentivize them to stay on the platform. They're working with $4 billion, uh, an underdeveloped ad platform, a new platform, like a new um, advertising space compared to Google as this powerhouse, which is $209 billion. Now, again, this is not all 209 from, from Google. I mean, from YouTube, excuse me. This is Google as a company. But point being is that this company has so much more depth to what they can offer creators. They've literally been in this media buying space, this advertising space for decades, like for years and years and years. They're the number one player in the space. A new company can't just come in and expect to compete with the depth that the Google advertising platform has. That's a moat in and of itself. And although TikTok is garnering a lot of viewers, we can't argue with that. Google has the deeper pockets. They have the infrastructure, they have the resources, and they have that history of being the place to advertise that I believe is going to be more attractive and allow them to, as the, as they decided to start, you know, from a, from a dollar perspective, incentivizing more and more creators to stay on the platform or bring them back onto the platform. I think that's something that we're going to see over the coming months and years, very possibly make Google or YouTube like the one-stop media shop, the one-stop media hub when it comes to content creation. Because really at the end of the day, all of these companies are fighting for our views and our traffic and all the creators to, to produce on there. But if you have YouTube, which is already so impressive as it is, now you add the podcast, now you add the shorts and the money opportunity. And of course, with both podcasts and shorts, when these do go live, the algorithm's really gonna help the small creator. They're really gonna help push and grow the same way that it's so easy to go viral on TikTok. Absolutely, Google is gonna be doing the exact same thing because they want people to be back on the platforms. I think that this next little while, um, and this could literally be a couple quarters or a couple years um, of basically laying this infrastructure, this may prove to be a pivotal and critical decision for the company a decade plus down the road if they're able to execute on it properly. And of course, we're just talking here about YouTube. Like that's what I wanted to focus in on this video because I do have some thoughts and perspectives on that being a YouTuber, but Google is also much more than that. Like they've got cloud, they've got all their applications, they've got everything. Like it is just a beast of a company, again, in a great financial position, in my opinion, at a great price right now. It's just something that I wanted to share and just, uh, again, maybe give some insights there. You know, it's funny, these are insights that aren't so much figure related. It's not so much dollars, uh, you know, dollars and cents. It's actually more kind of top level thoughts on the direction of the company. And there's a book by Peter Lynch, um, One Up on Wall Street, which One Up on Wall Street, which many of you guys may or may not have read. But one of my major takeaways from this book 
was essentially how the average consumer, like you and I, the retail investor, can in many cases get these slight edges and these little one-ups, if you will, on the the big money, on smart money, on the professionals, because we're the ones that are kind of living in the trenches. We're the ones that can see on a day-to-day basis what's going on, and we can start identifying these trends. I think the example that he uses in the book was um, Spanx or whatever they're called, right? These little, um, this is a little bit before my time, but these little things in the little, you twist those little, um, what do you call them? Those little machines and then a little little spandex thing comes out and he basically talks about how he started noticing these trends and he just used his personal instinct and gut to then play into his research. I'm definitely in the belief camp that we can do that as well. Things like that. And for me, YouTube is basically my life. And I kind of hear these things like, oh, there's going to be podcasts on here. Oh, there's going to be shorts. Like I'm even considering getting on shorts and possibly even getting podcasts up. These are things that I find very, very exciting as a creator. And it's just that little gut instinct or that that intuition that tells me that I believe this is going to be a good play uh, for years down the road. So again, long story short, if you guys want to just look at the numbers, stock does look to be undervalued. Uh, 40% decline here, or 40% discount, excuse me. Here, I believe they were looking at a 50% off their fair, their fair price. That in and of itself says a lot. Of course, given the state of our market, that by no means means that we found a bottom with the stock and that there isn't further drops in store. I think that on the earnings report tomorrow in two days, there could be quite volatility. And that's just because of the market that we're living in. We've been seeing a lot of volatility as of recently, as expected. But for me, the way that I like to look at stocks, the way that I like to look at investments for my portfolio is not so much try and guess what's gonna happen with the market over the long term, but look at each stock on an individual basis and make the assessment of whether it's a good stock or, or not to own at the price. And with the stock Google here, I do believe that it's the case. In fact, Although this is my larger larger position in my portfolio, I'm definitely in consideration of possibly adding more. I will be monitoring the earnings report that comes out um, Monday. It's so weird, the time thing here. I think because we're a day ahead, it's like, like it shows Monday here, but I know for you guys watching this, it's Sunday because I was watching some football today. So I'm not entirely sure when this uh, earnings report comes out, but I do want to see that first and just kind of see what's going on. But nevertheless, uh, that's my thoughts on Google today, guys. Trading at $101 per share. If you guys enjoyed, do give this video a thumbs up. I would love to hear your thoughts and possibly are there any better stocks uh, than Google right now? I'm not saying Google is the only good stock. In fact, here, uh, here it shows their competitors. And based on simply Wall Street's little analysis thing, Microsoft's looking really, really good. There's a nice green egg in all categories from value, dividends, health, past and future. Hey, Microsoft's as well, one of my favorite companies that unfortunately I don't own, but uh, it's not to say that those are both good. And you guys know I've been I meta as well. If you guys enjoyed, give this video a thumbs up. I thank you for watching. Of course, I forgot to mention, um, if you haven't already, download Blossom Social. This is uh, in the App Store live. You can literally follow along with my portfolio. You can come join the discussion over there. It's a blast. And if you are in the market for courses and training, check out the Investing Academy. We offer courses and training specifically for Canadians in the stock market. You can learn all about that by clicking the link down below. But as always, I thank you guys for watching. I hope you enjoyed and I'll see you in the next video.